Hello, Hello there. there. Welcome back to another episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Eli. I'm Jacob. Today we're going to be going over the one, the 80th to the 100th minute, sorry, of Attack of the Clones, and we're going to be doing an extra special um, add-on piece. We're calling it one quarter portion. It's kind of a miniature segment where we talk about something not related, but I, I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah. Uh, before we get into this episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out. Um, I uh, put I uh, messaged uh, Force Toast the podcast, and I asked them a question, and they were kind enough to put it on their fortieth episode. Um, so, oh, go listen to Force Toast. They're awesome. I love them. They're the funniest Star Wars podcast currently anywhere right now. They're awesome, and they're just, awesome. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Um, let's let's get into this episode because we got a lot. The episode, of course, begins when Anakin's mother dies. Yeah, that's sad. That's really sad. It, it was it was heartbreaking, man. It was really heartbreaking. And there's one thing I actually I don't know um, if you if you thought about this, Jacob, but there's one conversation I've been wanting to have ever since I rewatched this part, which is yeah, I was thinking to myself about Anakin's subsequent massacre of the Tusken Raiders. Yeah, and, I have a lot to say about that. Let's I just was uh, let's put it, it that way. I was comparing it to a similar, like, how could you say it? A similar massacre by Anakin Skywalker just in another form. And I'm, of course, talking about the hallway scene from Rogue One. Because they evoke yeah. very different emotions, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's like, the, it's Anakin's Massacre of the Tusken Raiders. We see it, first of all, we see it so much less, like, for less time than I thought we were. I thought we were going to see way more of it. Yeah, no, it's um, just it's it's just it's, implied that it's he five seconds people. long, and it's seen as this horrific act of gruesome violence. Rogue well, One is We don't so see the gruesome part. But it's implied that it's like yeah, yeah, it's Anakin implied. just like but in Rogue One it's almost this like It's kind I, of like celebrated, but it's It's a little celebrated, yeah. Like it was my favorite scene from Rogue One, mostly because I honestly kinda believe that really nothing significant happened before that in Rogue One. But you mm -hmm. know, yeah, okay. I, I found that movie a little boring, but that but that's I know a pretty controversial take. But anyway, what I was saying is, you know, Anakin, not Anakin, the that scene is like it's awe inspiring. The Tusken Raider massacre isn't awe inspiring. There's no sense of what's happening. There's yeah. there. It's only oh my god, no, no, no. You know, yeah. you get that yeah, voiceover yeah. from Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon. Anakin, no! You know. That, that was him, oh. Yeah, that was Liam Neeson. That was Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, yeah, good little Easter egg right there. Yeah. Sorry, I kind of derailed that right there. I know you wanted to say some stuff That's about okay. the massacre. That's um, okay. Yeah, I just, I, I guess the response to the massacre was what I was thinking of a few things. Um, first of all, a huge red flag afterwards. I don't understand how Padme... Doesn't kind of run away or try and I, dump him. 
I was you know, about you know to I mention mean? Kyle. It's the it's how it should have ended all over again. We keep referencing yeah. it because it's so relevant. Uh, I left something on my ship. I mean, nobody would listen to that guy after what he did. I mean, nobody. If you know the yeah. moment I'm talking about from Attack of the I, I do know the moment. And, and then she says, we all have rage that makes us human. After he, like, kills a bunch of people. Like Honestly, I actually kind of think that's kind of rational. I think that's the most rational thing said in this movie. Believe it or not. I think that is the most rational thing said in this movie. I mean, but but after not, he like, says that he thinks they're, it's not. But he says that he like thinks they're animals and stuff. That's no, just like I, I, the response is not proportional. But like taking that statement on its own, is the most rational thing said in this movie. Uh, yeah, probably. I guess. Yeah, I guess I can see how that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's would be. Um, I also did a little research on this, and I was shocked—not shocked, but like it was interesting. Uh that Anakin was actually viewed as a demon by the Tusken Raiders after this. That makes sense, given yeah. that he just it, went and killed yeah. everybody. It was like in their folklore and all that stuff. It's really interesting, honestly. I, I thought it was a cool yeah. little touch. That's tragic, thing. though. Like it, it's, it is really tragic. Um, yeah. Um, and then, the, yeah. So, like, is Padme, like, a sp are they space racists? Because, like, he slaughters a bunch of people and she's just like, oh, you're right. Like, that seems counter to the ideals that like, Padme, Padme likes to up. espouse. Yeah. I just you know thought what, of You that. know what I yeah. mean? I just, it, yeah. It does, I mean, you know, Klieg, Lars, in the, in the last segment we did, I'm 99% sure he said they're animals. Yeah. And so, it, like... You know. Yeah, definitely. Also, why the heck? I don't understand why the good people of the internet decided that they're, uh, that j not just the men, but the women and children, too. Was oh, how is that a meme? Yeah, was a suitable idea for a meme. Like, that's come like on, strange, guys. Have some the, standards. It's like the same thing with the younglings. It's the most shocking thing. It's the same thing with the younglings in the... And, like, I don't know if you remember this, yeah. but this was, like, about a year ago. There were some people on the internet advocating for a youngling hunt mode in Battlefront 2. Oh my god. It's barbaric. I don't understand. Look, I like it for the meme, but like, if you don't understand the meme, I think you would be, pre I you'd would be, be pretty you'd terrified. Be horrified. Yeah. You would be horrified. It, it is so, it is ridiculous. But I have to say, through all this, John Williams keeps the music great. The music during Anakin's a, whole confession scene I wrote down, is like, pretty amazing. Several times, the, and they play the Imperial March like three. They four play the times. Imperial March. They play some it's like chilling Sith it stuff. Is it's really good. Chilling. It, I'm yeah. I also love um. You know, even though Attack of the Clones is my least favorite Star Wars movie. One of the things I love about Attack of the Clones is that it makes Anakin's turn to the dark side clear as a whistle. Like, you see what, like, this is the movie where you see, no, no, this is the movie where Anakin's turn to the dark side, you're like, yeah, yeah, I can see how it got, how, how he's there already, you know what I mean? There's no tint yeah. in episode one that yeah. Anakin is going to turn to the dark side. But there's plenty of hints in episode two that Anakin's going down. 
I mean, it's clear as day. Um, yeah. Also, I don't know if you noticed this one. Uh, in at Padme's funeral, Anakin is playing with sand. That's how distraught yeah, Anakin is. That he's, he's, he's playing, playing with, with sand. I thought the exact same thing. <laughs> he's so distraught that he's playing with sand. That's. I think that's some good. Um, I think that's that. I think that's accidental symbolism. <laughs> it is accidental. That's what happens so much. It's like Jar Jar stepping in sh in Phantom Menace. Yeah, um, accidental, accidental symbolism. symbolism. <laughs> also. Here's a weird connection that I just noticed. I was on Twitter the other day, um, and I noticed somebody, a bunch of people were like, "Oh, you know who's buried very close to the Skywalker lightsabers in nine? Shmi. Shmi is very, very, very close. How close Skywalker. is she? Do we know? I mean, I'd have to look back, but if I'm pretty sure, so Ray buried the sabers in front of the homestead. And I'm pretty yeah. sure, like, in front of the Oh, it's at the, the same homestead. homestead. That's yeah, very close, yeah. it's at the yeah. same homestead. And I'm pretty sure they buried Shmi to the left of the front. Just looked at the picture. It's to the right. And it's further than I thought it was. So it's probably, like, yeah, like a good 10 meters to the right. So, yeah. So it's they're probably buried about, like, yeah. a couple meters, you know, yeah. apart. That's, it's, it's. Accidental symbolism. Uh, but Anakin's dialogue in the in the confession scene is so cringy. What does he say? I wrote it down it somewhere. Um, so bad. He says, "Life seems so much simpler when you're fixing things." I'm good at fixing things. Great dialogue, bro. I actually, I, I'm good at fixing things. Always was. I actually, I wrote down in my notes. Did Jake Lloyd get input on this line or something? Because that. Ex that sounds like a little Anakin line. I don't blame Jake. I, I guess not. Not Jake Lloyd. I, that was a little it does, hard. But it like, has the that same. That sounds energy. like a little kid Anakin vibe. It has that. the energy of like Jake Lloyd's Anakin. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, uh, I I gotta say, um, uh, Anakin also talks about wanting to stop people from dying, and I actually have a quick fix for Anakin if he wants to start. Uh, stop people from dying. Anakin, have you ever heard the tragedy of Darth... Shoot, one one movie too early. One movie too Or maybe... Early. Uh, one I think movie it's kind of early. ironic because he kills a lot of people. That is true. You only say you're, you want to stop people from dying right after you kill a bunch of them. Though, yeah. though, though, in, though in fairness, though in fairness, he doesn't think of them as people. That's true, he doesn't. But still... Yeah, and Anakin. Yeah, this is just, this is just such a troubling thing, not yeah. only in universe but behind the scenes too. There's so many lines in Anakin's confession about killing the Sand People that it's just like they're just so. Like it's these the, this is the second I think the Tatooine scenes with Padme are the second worst dial like parts of dialogue in the entire movie other than yeah. the Naboo scenes um like other than the lake country scenes because Anakin it's almost like Lucas and whoever helped him write the script for this mood for this moment were in the same mood that Anakin was in because they didn't know what to write you know what I mean but yeah I know what you mean it's it's just uh yeah, we could talk about this all day, 
And although we could, I think we should uh, move on to some other stuff. Because there is some good stuff in this movie. Uh, and even in this, uh, in this segment of the movie we just watched. Um, uh, so... Yeah, let's talk about what do you say we talk about um the Senate scenes. Yeah. Um so I actually was I was looking stuff some stuff up. I did a little research mm-hmm. because I wanted to know when the Senate votes Palpatine emergency powers, what yeah. does that do for him? And so I looked it up. Good. Good question. Um so in canon the Emergency Powers Act was an amendment to the Constitution. So it wasn't a law. It was a literal amendment to the Constitution. They're making crazy. addition to the Constitution. One Bad effect idea, bro. <laughs> was that Palpatine could bypass the Military Creation Act. Bro. The thing that Padme bro. was trying to stop from being made at the beginning of the movie doesn't matter anymore because Palpatine could just brush that away. So smart. Devious. Amendments were added throughout the war including the reflex amendment which granted palpatine near total control of the military near total control i mean wow yeah seriously and it was all thanks to jar jar binks and it was this is all, all jar jar's fault did if you That's needed crazy, any more evidence all... that jar jar was a sith lord you have it right here i don't think he's a sith lord he's just a bumbling idiot <laughs> yes that too also, there was another. There was another thing in Legends. Oh my god! Uh, here's an interesting thing about the Emergency Creation Act in uh, Legends. In Legends, Palpatine could also, on some planets with these emergency powers, declare martial law. So wow! So what we have That's not here scary is at all. near total control of the military, the ability to declare martial law whenever the heck you want. And bypassing some laws. I mean, people who say they, like, people in the Republic who weren't aware of how it turned into the Empire, you just need to look at the laws at this point. Yeah. And then another thing, this isn't related to it, but I, I, I just thought of it also. I feel, I, you really have to feel for um, the Larses in this movie. Oh, so one yeah. of the Larses, this brooding, angry Jedi and his forbidden space senator girlfriend show up in this super fancy, shiny ship. He's super mad. He comes out of nowhere after 20 years. He goes out after 30 men have died trying to bring back Shmi. And he comes back. No, wait, wait. 26. With, 26. It's 26. 26. Because 30 went out, four back, went back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He comes back with the body. And then, in, and then at the funeral, instead of just like giving, instead of giving some heartfelt remarks... Like everyone else, he just kneels in the sand and then says, I failed you. I wasn't strong enough. I'll be the most powerful Jedi ever. And then instead of like completing the service or or whatever, or doing like a, like like a, like a send off or something. Or doing anything to help your family at all. Yeah. Or doing anything to help your family. He zips off as soon as his droid comes. No. And then, and then three years later, we got to complete the circle three years later. A different space wizard who says he's a friend of your other space wizard, but the other space wizard couldn't get there, shows up with two babies, and just says, take them. Man, the Larses kind of went through a lot. The Larses took the the fuzzy end of the lollipop for this one. 
and the Lars is just Anakin was just super rude to them the whole time. He was like, yeah, he was not not nice. Um, not but speaking of, I had a couple of um lore questions because uh, um Yoda kept talking about how oh our visions clouded. So you may have brought this up, but I did some research on it and I found out that is it besides from the reason that um. Sidious was expending a great amount of effort trying to cloud the Jedi's vision. Let they built the Jedi Temple. Shrine. Yes, on top of a Sith shrine. Thank you. Yeah, and that over time, I guess the the dark energies leached up and um. I mean, how dumb were clouded the Jedi? The Jedi. Sith shrine, Jedi Temple. The Jedi Temple is not actually a nexus in any type of the Force. Period. Yeah. So like, it doesn't. It, it doesn't, doesn't cancel do it out. anything. So yeah. it's so it's the Jedi on top of a dark side artifact. What could possibly go wrong? What could right? possibly go wrong? It is uh, yeah. kind of, it is, oh man. That's kind of uh, weird. It is, but then we get to some really great stuff. And let me just say, Christopher Lee is one of the most underrated actors in the entire Star Wars saga. He is. I, I, if I may, I'm going to try and do... Like, my good Christopher Lee impression, this could totally fail. By the way, rest in peace, Christopher Lee. Um, okay, here we go. <clears throat> oh no, my friend, that's been a terrible mistake. <laughs> that was not good. I'm putting, I'm keeping that in, but that was not good. I could have done better. But, uh, but, yeah. I love this scene with Kenobi and Dooku was so good. It was two competent actors with some pretty actual competent lines, in my opinion. Um, Dooku says to Obi-Wan, it's a shame our paths have never crossed before. And he was talking a lot about, like, this is this scene wasn't a Sith Lord speaking to a Jedi he captured. It was, it was him, like, he was trying it was, to... It was, it was a grandfather speaking to his grandson. Yes. Cause, cause and to be was, honest... To be honest, the the way he's talking makes it um honestly makes it sound like he's trying to uh to stop Darth Sidious more than he is um on Darth Sidious's side. I think like he, he, a, he really I genuinely think he a, wants. If it was Kit Fisto, if it was Plo Koon, I don't think he'd be acting this way. Yeah, but I think he genu I think he genuinely like wants the best. For, I think he, he genuinely has a soft like, spot for Obi Wan. Has a soft spot for Obi Wan, yeah. Which yeah, is ironic because they end up like dueling a bunch of times and trying oh, to kill each other. Yeah. But. but I think he sees Obi Wan's potential because of what Qui Gon, you know, said uh, as told him about Obi Wan, and yeah. Um, also, did you know? Have you noticed that at at the middle or end of every single second movie of a Star Wars trilogy is when the first temptation flies. Dooku to Kenobi, Vader to Luke, Kylo to Rey. They're always like, ooh, join me. Yeah. Um, it's like poetry, you know? They rhyme. Every stanza sort of rhymes with the last. Yeah. Hopefully it'll work. Um, if you guys don't know that reference, it, it's in the documentary to one of the prequels uh, where George Lucas says exactly that. It's like poetry, you know, they rhyme, blah, blah, blah. Um, Does he actually say the hopefully part? Hopefully it'll work. Yeah, no, he totally says that. Bro. It's um, like poetry. Hopefully it rhymes. Hopefully it'll work. Um, anyway, so I looked up, actually. So because because um, if you don't know, 
George Lucas and Star Wars were inspired a lot by Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey. Um, oh, yeah. And sure enough, in the 16-stage original Hero's Journey, the eighth stage is called Temptation. So it matches up near perfectly. Um, That's pretty crazy. I did, I did not know that. That is so cool. Yeah, it's 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 some pretty it's pretty it's some pretty awesome stuff. Uh, another thing, another lore okay. thing. I think um, this is kind of uh, I guess like conjecture, but I think um, Anakin maybe like a uh, a narcissist because a psychological narcissist. Yeah, maybe because he says it's all Obi Wan's fault. He's holding me back, and that that just makes no sense. I feel like he um he I don't know if he genuinely believes that or. I will say he suffers from a like, very big ego. It's I think he minimum, he, he comes minimum. across, to be honest, in this movie, he kind of comes across as delusional at times. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Even, maybe not quite delusional, but like yeah, I, very much of a... Um, of a narcissist, yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah, so um, we should actually talk about the Senate scene more because this is ridiculous. Um... Of course, we have another meme we got here, which is one of my favorite memes from this movie. I love yeah. democracy. I love democracy. I love best the speech, republic. That speech was so lame. Like I would, I would be so unconvinced. Just like a guy saying, "Oh, I, I love democracy." It's, it was like, it's like chilling, the, though. It was chilling. Sounds like though. Kermit the Frog. It's just like, "Oh, I, I love democracy. I, I love it so much." <laughs> now I need a Kermit the Frog and Palpatine mashup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should join me, Anakin. You know, it'll be, it'll be good, it'll be great. Join me, Yay! Anakin. We'll have a, we'll have a, so much fun <laughs> on the on the dark side, Anakin. That that would be very, very good. That would be very, very good. That would be very good. <laughs> Kermit Palpatine, right now. Let's do this. Um. Anyway, uh, did you notice? Also, here's another Easter egg. Are you ready? Easter egg. If you there's one shot of the Senate, and if you look down at a lower pod, you can see George Lucas and Rick McCallum. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's the blue he's a blue guy, right? No, 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 no. You not costumed at all. Oh really? Yeah, huh. no. That that he's Chairman Papanoia, but that's in uh, French of the Sith. No, I'm talking about oh. like there's there's a shot. Well, is Chairman I'll... Papanoia not in Revenge of the Sith? No, he is. Or is, is, is he not in Attack of the Clones? No, he's not. I'm That's Revenge of the Sith. It's only Revenge of the Sith. So who's his? Who's the guy with the um the stick in this movie? The guy who's like, what we shall it? have order. Oh, that's Masamita. Oh, Masamita. I'm I'm getting people confused. Wow. No, no, okay. Let, let's see. George Lucas in Episode Two. I'm I'm looking this up. I want to send you that picture because it's um uh. In in the Senate episode two in the background, it's it's this shot. It's there. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna about to send you this picture um of, of George Lucas uh in a shot of episode uh a shot of episode two. All right, I'll uh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll look at it in a sec, but. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you're right. I can't believe yeah, it's I've never. It's it's crazy. It's uh, there's some pretty cool Easter eggs in this. The final thing we get in this sort of uh, episode is the um, droid factory scene. 
Oh, yes. Which... It's not that bad, except for the fact that Anakin and Padme, they land in an exhaust vent. How is that not incredibly dangerous? I don't really understand. It's... It it's it does come off as very video gamey, which it's it's just so yeah, it's just like uh by the way, of course, I had to um there's one final thing I researched for this, which is um you know, I had to ask the question if R2's using his jetpacks yeah. in Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones then why doesn't he use it in the various times in the original and sequel trilogies? Yeah, that's a good question. Maybe he has this them is, removed. This I is, think that's the. I think that's the. No, it's not because he gets jetpacks in um in the clone in Star Wars: The Clone Wars, right? But he get, yep. no, he gets upgraded rocket boosters. But he already has rocket boosters. Yep. So let let me read you the 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 thing I found on book. This is directly from Wikipedia. By the time of the Galactic Civil War, R2-D2's boosters had not worked in ages, and his oh, warranty so was just long expired. Working. They <laughs> just warranty. stopped working. Wait, imagine um, how that must feel. You're a, you're a droid that's basically sentient, and you still have to have, like, warranty and stuff. That is yeah. so... Also, by the way, God. that's from the Return of the Jedi canon novel. Um, but my favorite part is, had not worked in ages... Yeah. So, like, what happened to them? It's so they, I guess they just stopped working. They got clogged it, up or something, you know? Yeah, it's just, like, it's so atypical of Star Wars to just say, well, they stopped working. What can Yeah, usually say? there would be, like, a detailed explanation or, or something. There would be an entire comic written about why our An entire comic. Yeah. <laughs> it's. It, I want to see that. I want to see that. The, the just R2 going from store to store trying to find replacement parts. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, do you have... Oh, sorry, we don't do stuff for R2 droids anymore. They're far past. Uh, oh my god. That'd be great. I, I would, that, would, that would make me so mad if that I was that person. And usually would, this would be the end of the episode. But Jacob and I have, uh, thought we'd introduce a new thing to Star Wars in a Galaxy to give the, the episodes not only a bit of more structure, but actually a little more variance at the same time. Welcome, Welcome to, to One Quarter Portion. The, sh yep. the, the, the show where we take a portion and put it in four portions. Yeah, so how this is going to work is basically um, every week uh, of a month, so first week of a month, second week of a month, third week of a month, and fourth week of the month, uh, every one of those weeks will have a different segment unrelated to the episode but related to Star Wars. Um, and so uh, we want to split it up evenly, so I will be, I have decided what I want to do for the first and third weeks, and Jacob has or will decide it, I don't know. Uh, what he wants to I, do. I, 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 it's, it's TBD. It's TBD. TBD, not TBD. It's TBD. We'll, have it for, we'll have it for next week, of course. Um, but uh, for the second and fourth weeks. So, for example, my segment this week, my one quarter portion segment this week, is called This Month. This month is August. It is the month where summer is at its peak, usually where you'd be out on the beach and the temperature would be the highest also, it would be the month. Of, it would be the month, if not for the coronavirus, of Star Wars celebration, 
um, Anaheim 2020, what 2020 it would be, uh, which Jacob and I actually had tickets for, um, but sadly, but sadly we that can't did not work. because, but we will oh, well. see you all in 2022 for that. Um, yeah, but uh, psyched. I know. I anyway, am. this month is a segment, um, which is basically the Star Wars media that Jacob and I are most into this month, basically. Uh, and because we've been doing a lot covering the movies and the TV and video games, we decided for this this month we were going to just do books or comics. Uh, Jacob, what do you have for this segment of this month? For this segment of this month, I have um, Outcast, um, the the Legends book. I, I can't. I don't actually know if that's the actual name, but it's the it, yeah Outcast. Okay, Outcast. Um, I read it a while back. I'm rereading it right now. It's a really interesting book. Um, I don't. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, give the general premise. I guess the general gist is um, Luke Skywalker. This is after he's been like, uh, I guess, outcast. He, he's been exiled from the Jedi Order for um, I don't really. I'm, I'm not sure quite what, but it's something bad. Maybe it's basically it's, because the, it's because the new government hates Jedi. Yeah, the, the government is very uh, Jediist, and it, they they commit much prejudice. <laughs> they prejudice. Much... I had yeah. to bring it back. I had to bring it back. I only know so much about this is because I started the Fate of the Jedi series, which Outcast is the first book of, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so awesome, Jacob. You got to read this, and so he did. Um, yeah, and in this universe, unlike the Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, Luke. Has a Jedi Order. Um, he gets married. He has kids. Han and Leia have kids. They turn to the dark. Some of them turn to the dark side. Just like it's a whole. It's a whole thing. Extra galactic invaders shebang. come in and all of that stuff. So yeah. So what are your initial impressions of Outcast? I do want to. Uh, it's a really fun book. Um, it uh, it kind of introduces a little bit of a, I want to say like moral ambiguity, into the Jedi. Which I think is pretty cool. Um, it, it kind of shows how the Jedi are kind of getting screwed over by bureaucracy. It's really interesting. Um, they they kind of it's fun because um, it's it's about uh, uh, Luke and Ben, Ben Skywalker, his son, and their kind of adventures. And it's cool because they get to go and meet these other force groups on, um, notably on the planet Doran. I can't remember. I can't remember what they're called, but. The Keldor? The Plotoon species, yeah, the Keldor. So, yeah. yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah, so that that's my choice. Um, I would I would recommend it. Uh, eight out of, seven out of ten would read again. So, yeah. Cool stuff. Okay. Do you, do you okay. have one for this month? I do have were one you, for were this you trying month. To, okay. This month. Awesome. Um, uh, it's a book I read um, a while ago, but I'm rereading. This one's canon. It's called Bloodline. It's a book by Claudia Gray, who is awesome. She's she make, she writes really great Star Wars books. Everyone loves her books. Um, uh, yeah, Bloodline is great. Bloodline is about Leia being a senator for the New Republic about six years before the Force Awakens. Um, so Ben Solo is training with Luke in his Jedi Order. She and Han are still married, and uh, the New Republic still intact. Um, and it's about not only Leia's d 
discovery of the First Order, but also about the circumstances that would eventually lead to the collapse of the New Republic before it was taken out by, like, Starkiller Bay. Basically, what this book is about was one of the major points of this book is saying, yeah, even before Starkiller Base blew the entire Senate up, it was stuff already was, failing there was as a stuff government. Wrong. There was all. It was already failing as a government. There was already. There was already major. Collapse. There were issues. Okay. There were a ton of issues, um, mostly coming down to there being so much partisan gridlock between the two political parties that Which no were... one could really get any good get anything done. Um, the the two parties were the centrists, which favored a more powerful central government, and were a lot of pro empire people, um, including a young upstart senator named Ransom Casterfo or Casterfo, uh, who who is a main main player in this book, and then the populists who's Leia who Leia's a part of, uh, and uh, they they favor more power to the individual systems. Um, so they're kind they're, of like a decentralized. It's basically yeah. so it's like centralized versus decentralized government. Interesting. Yeah, it's uh and uh, I won't spoil by the why the book is wow. I won't spoil why the book is called Exhaust Plots. <laughs> Ex- any exhaust plots. Oh, I know why. I know why it's called Bloodline. <laughs> I, yeah. I, won't, I won't say though. Don't say, but 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 part of the main uh, plot line of the book is why it's called Bloodline. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I really don't know why. It's oh, I wonder why. Hmm. Uh, I wonder why. Jake I wonder and I why. have laid multiple clues as to why it's called yeah. Bloodline. But um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, that is going to be it for this uh, episode of In a Galaxy. Make sure to do all the stuff Uh Follow us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, um, all of that good stuff. Wherever you find your podcast, we're probably there. Um, follow us on Twitter uh, at InAGalaxyPod. Email us at SWInAGalaxy at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, yeah. What do we got next episode, Jacob? Next episode? Um, I, I believe we're going to our next part of the uh, Attack of the Clones, correct? Yes, we are. But not only are we going to the next part of it, we're finishing it. Really? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so we it, are finishing Attack of the Clones. We're Attack watching of the Clones finale. At uh, is... minutes 100 to 136. A little bit more than usual, but we thought it would probably be a pretty bad idea to do 16 minutes of Attack yeah, of the Clones. Yeah, that's probably not too much. Um, but, yeah... Um, and also, next week is going to be week two of one quarter portion. And I'm excited. Uh, I'm gonna. It's going to be my. Uh, it's going to be my quarter portion. We'll see. It's going to be fun. So it's uh, going to be. It's going to get be ready. Fun. I guess. Um. And let's see. Yeah, that's pretty much it for this episode of In a Galaxy. May the force be with you, always. <laughs>